This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This was the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're coming to you a few days before we play the mighty, mighty Arsenal. But before that, we actually played the Saints. The Saints came marching into New Griffin Park and we sent them home. We took three points off them as we got a 3-0 win. So things are looking a bit perky in the Brentford House. I'm Billy Grant. I'm just sitting here in the virtual joint on a nice sunny day with a lovely blue sky outside with my man Laney. Laney, how are you? I'm all right. Yeah, no, it's beautiful blue out there. It's, uh, it's freezing, though, mate. It's uh, might be it might be gloves for the for the trip to the North London uh, Stadium on uh, on Saturday. It's uh, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit bit taters, as they say. Yeah, a bit taters, as they say. And maybe I might have to go and do a little recce actually, because I'm popping down to uh, the Emirates in a few in about an hour or so. Because I'm going to pop down there to go and meet Robbie from AFTV. We're going to talk about Brentford. We're going to talk about lots of bits which you will hear later on in this podcast as well. And don't forget, we're not only going to have a little clip in this podcast, but also we're going to do a longer segment which is going to be put out there separately. Check it out on Pride of West dot London as well. Uh, so we're going to have two little bits from Arsenal. So there's a little bit of extra content for you this week. So, but anyway, I mean just coming back to like i said to you last weekend we played the southampton very good result there if you want to go and check out pride of west London, we'll talk about that later listen to the post match podcast if you want to hear total joy if you want to hear singing if you want to hear the vibe that it is like on the terraces you should definitely check that back because it is re- really 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 worth checking it out whether or not you're a beast fan arsenal fan if you want to get our vibe and what we're on just go and check that out pride of west london pride of west london even but i mean laney i mean this week um is it we come back every week we say there's not really that much to talk about and um uh, Brentford, things are going at the moment, you know, swimmingly well. We haven't lost since October. We haven't lost for what, five months or so. We've uh, on a ridiculous run at the moment now. And that's, in, you know, playing teams like Manchester City, who we'll talk about in a little bit, playing teams like Liverpool, playing teams like Tottenham, you know, big top six sides we've been playing. And actually, we've been unbeaten playing all these sides as well. We're coming up to the Arsenal game, which we'll talk about a little bit later. We're going to keep our fingers crossed that we can keep that record going on. But, you know... It's interesting because there's a few movements being had again, Laney, um, in the area where, you know, certain teams have decided that they want to take things upon themselves and try and break away and become better than the rest and take all the money and go off to Europe and, and see if they can just, just become these magnanimous, oh, these huge teams elsewhere. Now, the last time this happened, I believe we were in the championship. So even though it affected us, and you know, as you know, I was on the board for the SFA uh, and on the, on, on, uh, you know, for, for for years. So I used to campaign against things, these things like this a lot. And uh, when you campaign against things, because you, you really believe that you know football should be for all, and, and these people are trying to break away, it's not right. But because you're a Brentford fan, this was a million miles away from you. But now 
we're actually in the Premier League, and this has got a little bit more of an effect on us now as well, doesn't it, Laney? Yeah, it has a, has a big effect on us, potentially. You know, I, I guess we're all looking at the uh, the Premier League table after after and during the Southampton game. We were up to sixth at one stage and um, Fulham, Fulham won, so they, oh, sorry, Brighton won, so that put them above us again. So um, we're, we're, we're in a lowly seventh at the moment. Um, yes, so it... it it's within it's within touching distance, you know. Yeah, we can all pinch ourselves um, and just wonder if this 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 run that we've been on can continue, or even if it doesn't continue, it can it can you know it can the points can tick along. So we you know we we we're in contention with not only a top ten place but potentially a, a European spot. You know, we we talk at length what. Um, a European spot could mean for us. It's what it, you know. It, it may be one of those careful what you wish for moments with you know the size of our squad and how stretching ourselves um, you know over a European campaign as well as as a, as a domestic one could could change the dynamic at Brentford. That's that's probably for another day. But yeah, so this the talk of or the reemergence of talk of uh, European Super Leagues. Is is um, is something that we're well within our rights to to, to you know talk and use the word Brentford in that conversation. Now I know that the European Super League um, movers and shakers, the people who are pushing for this, uh, they're not talking about Brentford. We can be quite quite sure about that. We're we're not. Um, we would never have been invited um, in 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 what they were proposing a few years ago. Um, and I although this this kind of incarnation of the uh, European Super League supposedly is um, more organic in terms of like um, it's open to uh, where you finish in the league. But, you know, the FSA issued a statement, which I'll read now. Um, and it, and it and it's and it rightly states, you know, that that competition already exists. You know, the 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 Champions League and the Europa League, it, it is open to all. How another league would would change that? It, it, it's really confusing. So, it sounds like they're trying to rehash the old idea, but use use a different language. But really, they're they're after the same objective. But the FSA, um, <clears throat> Kevin Miles, another person that's appeared on this podcast several times, um, you. Usually when we play Newcastle, but this is this is his statement. So this is the walking corpse that is the European Super League twitches again with all the self-awareness one associates with a zombie. Their newest idea is to have an open competition rather than a closed shop they originally proposed that led to huge fan protests. Of course, an open competition for Europe's top clubs already exists. It's called the European Champions League. They say dialogue with fans and independent fans fan groups is essential, yet European Zombie League marches on, willfully ignorant to the contempt supporters across the continent have for it. Which kind of it, it sum it sums up what, you know, even even the supporters of the massive clubs, they, you know, I I think there may be one or two elitists within them that, you know, just feel they should break away and, and screw the rest of us. But, you know, I I, I think there's uh, enough camaraderie um, for real fans and by real fans groups to to see this off again, don't you, Bill? I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things about Kevin's uh, statement there. I mean, he talks about, you know, how they're kind of, kind of like zombie and they're marching in, you know, unaware of how everybody else feels. I mean, I, I, I'm actually not quite sure if that's true. I actually think that they're completely aware of how we feel, but they don't really care. They're taken over by some of these clubs by owners who, um, you know, they have one intention in mind. And listen, 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 listen. 
what you can't do is that you can't go and slate owners and say, oh, no, you, you can't make any money. You can't this, that, the other. But I think it's got to be a balance because at the end of the day, certain people are, you know, they are taking certain risks, taking over football clubs. You know, some of them go the right way. Some of them go the other way. So I think there's got to be a balance. So you you need to have people in there running proper businesses and making clubs run the right type of way. And and that's why I think a lot of people look towards the way that we're run. And we think, listen, we've got an owner who is um, running the club in the right way. And yes, yeah, if it's all run in the right way, yes, he will make some money. But every everybody will benefit down the line the fear that you have is that you've got these people coming in throwing money in very quickly hoping to make a quick buck down the line and 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 actually sort of kind of sort of destroying the fabric of what football is all about and i think this is what the fear is with the the european super league so i think it's almost like you know like they tried to do it before they thought tell you something i don't care what they think we're going to go off and do it and by the time we do it and we get our crew behind us and we're off no one's going to be able to say anything the good thing is because in this country, the, the fan movement is very strong. So you see clubs are very scared of uh, upsetting the fans. Okay, same thing in Germany, um, same thing in, in, in other countries. There's probably some other countries which is probably not as strong as it, as it is in, you know, in, in our country. So I think this is, this is one of the things that we've got um, a massive benefit uh to us before so what we did last time when they decided to try and do the super league literally there were you know Chelsea, chelsea were kicking off left and right and center liverpool as you know have got a wicked everybody out movement going on there if anything happens literally they're in all sorts of trouble so they can't really you know they can't really move the wrong way in liverpool because you know liverpool are a very they've got a, a humongously strong fan movement which i've got a lot of respect for out there so they're they are afraid to do things but i think it's when the skullduggery takes place, when they're trying to do it on the down low and trying to make out maybe things are happening in parallel with everything else that's going on. And it's not really going to sort of kind of affect what's happening. And they try to do it and try to pull the wool over our eyes. That's when I get a little bit nervous, it has to be said. Um, the other thing that I'll say is that some when these things happen, I mean, I sometimes turn around to myself. I mean, there's a Twitter um, handle out there called, I think it's, it's called something like the, the, the other 14. So it's basically, it's going to, not the top 14, I think it's called. And what it does, it always shows stats of basically 14 clubs in the Premier League as opposed to the top six clubs, inverted commas, the top six big clubs. So it takes out all their stats and it shows you out of all the other clubs who are doing well, you know, in, you know, possession wise and shots wise and just all sorts of stats. And it's actually really, really interesting. And um, we, we look at that quite a lot actually, because it's almost like there's a slight camaraderie or feeling of togetherness between all those sort of 14 clubs who are not the top six. And sometimes when I hear this European Super League and all this stuff coming to base, I sometimes think, tell you what, let them go off and do it. You know, you know, I can't, can't, can't be asked with it. Let's just go off and do it. And let's try and see if we can build something ourselves, which is equally as strong, which has got much more of a kind of a stronger ethos and a stronger fan base and just something else, which is kind of all about us and let them all go off and do their thing. And the thing about it is that, you know, that if that were to happen, a lot of the fans that support those clubs would not be very happy because they'll be kind of wrapped up in something, which is a little bit kind of like overly, concentrated on just making money and loads of tv and just not the things that we know what football is all about and then you'll have you know hopefully another setup which is a little bit more kind of uh um uh, you know organic and, and what we're all about and yes there might be a little bit less money flying around or we might have to try and make more money and try and build a brand in our own way but maybe that is a way forward 
It's possibly is, but you know, I, I I don't think there's really an appetite amongst supporters for <clears throat> for anything different than what we've got. Um, that's not to say you know it can't be considered, but in my eyes, it, it already has been. Um, without the Premier League clubs, a, a European Super League can't happen. Um, <clears throat> not not with any gravitas, but, you know. It, we saw with the transfer window and how much money. Um, was spent in the, in the in the EPL compared to any other league in Europe, stroke the world. We we drive we drive pretty much everything. Uh, it is it's just a juggernaut. Um, it is it is all powerful, and whatever whatever the Premier League clubs uh, decide, and and they will be they will be um, listening to to their fans. Um, it, it, it is it's just important uh, I, I think for for the for, for, for the state of football not not only us but you know th- this this kind of greed doesn't doesn't happen because you know we've, we've seen it with so many things like even with golf you know the Saudis buying breakaways and um, sports washing happening in on a, on a on a on a colossal scale this this could be just another move towards that and I know the Saudis are um, sniffing around Formula One at the moment. Uh, it's it, it, it's an, an inevitable creep, I think, and I it, it I don't I don't see what's wrong with what we have. It, you know, I know I know the owners will always want to make more money, but it is it is the most kind of natural um, pyramid system within England, um, and that feeds that feeds into Europe. Um, you know, you I, you can argue that the, the having four clubs in the Champions League is 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 is, is Skewed because it should only ever be the the, the actual champions, but there, there was there has been concessions and there's always been concessions with the way European competitions evolved, and I, I can't I can't see how it's how it's you know there's there's a lot wrong with it. And that's, that's personal, but you know I don't own a football club. Yeah, I mean you can see how it's been going anyway because even though there hasn't been a European Super League as such or a global Super League, I mean even when I was out in Qatar, um, there were fans like there's Newcastle fans who were out in Qatar. Then they said, "Oh, we're going to pop over to Saudi for a couple of days because uh, Newcastle were playing over in Saudi and they were playing their game in Saudi." And I think there's also Chelsea fans who said they were going to pop down to Abu Dhabi because they were playing a match versus Aston Villa. I think it was. Plus, I think there might have been a local team playing as well, so they're playing in sort of like in, a, in Abu Dhabi, if I remember rightly. So you've kind of got all these kind of like international and these games that are happening and you know some people are saying like this is just this is like the first step or the second step towards us having one game played you know in another country you know what I'm saying and what they do is that they don't really care if the fans got trouble because at the end of the day they're going to pick up all these local fans and the local fans will be their supporters for the day so you could sort of see that you know if you're not careful clubs are edging towards that because they're they're looking to build this whole global brand thing that we all know to talk about. And, you know, even Brentford could talk about the idea of, you know, we're not anywhere near the same as, you know, all these bigger clubs, but, you know, we've got our new American supporters who are already kind of, you know, quite plentiful. I mean, they, 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 they contact us, you know, directly on a weekly basis, you know, and, and tell us how they're getting on, tell us how much they love Brentford, you know, the idea of the bees going to America and playing a game, okay, we probably wouldn't fill out a stadium, but all of a sudden you've got, you know, this this different fan base here, which you could see that we're in our embryonic stages, but you could see other clubs looking to build that and just thinking, oh, it'd be really great if we could do that. But then we could pick up more money from TV and other things over in other countries, and that actually helps to build our brand. Now, is that a good thing 
or a bad thing you know it's uh, for me anything's a bad thing if you um you stopped thinking about how the fans are going to get affected you know what i'm saying and that's i think that's the main thing here and i think with the european super league it's very much all about media and exposure and how much money you can pull in from the back of having as many eyes as possible on a football match and that is you know via the various tv channels around the world and it, and all the sponsors and everything that is going to throw in and once you start getting that um, the fans become second nature and that becomes a real problem for me. But at the same stage, I think when it when that starts to happen, football, and I know you, you can say you sound like an old fogey when you say football, it's, it's not quite the same. And it is at the stage where you start to walk away, you start to look at other avenues, start to look elsewhere. I've seen a lot of people who start to go down the leagues because they think that the football offering that their club used to give them isn't the same anymore. And that's why I say to you, I see a lot of people here can relate to this. They'll go to non-league matches. Like I said to you, I go to Dulwich Hamlet quite a lot and it's full of people who support or supported league clubs who are fed up with the way that they're run and they really like the way that, you know, that these football clubs are run and it makes them feel more at home. It makes them feel like more like real football. Same things happens at Hampton. Same thing happens at Hayes and Yedding, I'm sure. There's so many other clubs where people have gravitated towards that because of the way that clubs have been run. And, and this may be the same. Yeah, and you know, let's be honest, these clubs aren't wanting these extra fixtures for the gate receipts, are they? It, it's only ever going to be about TV revenue. So perhaps this is this is like a, another, they, they're dropping a kind of, they're throwing a hand grenade into the arena and hoping to renegotiate or get the next TV deals to be just even bigger than they are at the moment. Because, they, you know, let's be honest, the, the, the clubs that are going to be involved are pretty much really going to be the same ones that are involved in the Champions League and the Europa League anyway so you know it's, it's probably just a negotiating strategy to to up the next TV deal to something with a couple more zeros on the end but hold a second Laney um, but we're going to be involved in the, the Europa League isn't it we're not we're not involved in this are we uh it looks like we could be mate <laughs> it looks like we could be <laughs> There you go. And anyway, one team who is definitely involved in this is Manchester City. And Manchester City are all up in the news at the moment now, Lane, aren't they? Because they've been a little bit naughty, haven't they? It would appear that way, yeah. Um, you know, they seem to be very confident that they're going to um, defend the accusations and, and they have welcomed uh, an investigation into uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the alleged crimes against them. Financial irregularities, uh, structuring financial deals uh, by ben bending rules. Is that is that the right way of explaining it? You know, just... Um, you, you, you know, just being really creative with finances. That's the accusation. Uh, yeah, as I said, they're going to defend that because these accusations go back several seasons and there's talk uh, about titles being stripped and, um, and uh, points being deducted and expulsion from the Premier League or expulsion from the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the 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 four leagues and go make them go non-league all of that is possible it would be crazy but it's not it's not without precedent is it you know um these things the things have happened and you know just because the, the order is as it is at the moment doesn't mean it always will be you know there's so much stacked in their favor that it would be completely uh 
unpalatable for them to have bent rules as well. They've got as much money as as they want, and then then to be potentially cheating as well, which is you know is cheating against everyone else who aren't who aren't doing what they're doing. Um, is it, it, it would be incredible. Um, so yeah, it's I, I don't really I haven't seen any kind of deadlines, but you know watch this space for sure. Right. Okay. So, I mean, let's just go through this quickly. I mean, what are the charges that Man City have got against them? They've been charged with breaking financial fair play rules about a hundred times over a nine-year period. I said this is allegedly, but these are the charges that's been put up against them, and that starts at 2009 and goes on to 2018. Okay, they won the Premier League three times in that period. Okay, now according to the Premier League, they allegedly broke the rules over nine seasons. And also, allegedly, they did not provide accurate financial information. Also, allegedly, they did not fully disclose the financial remunerations that are made to one of their managers over a four-year period. Also, the suggestion was that a secret contract. So there was one where um, managers were being paid um, much more than was officially stated. So there's lots of, lots of, you know, allegations being made, allegedly, as we say, a bit of skullduggery going on here. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the interesting thing for me here is that um, as, as, as championship fans, we know about FFP a lot because we talked about it a lot because especially there was a period in time, especially where there were clubs who were absolutely throwing money at the championship at championship teams. Their owners were throwing money at championship teams, really, you know, very often bad money after or good money after bad actually. So they were throwing money to try and get themselves promoted to the Premier League. Um, and basically because they knew that, you know, in, in the prem, in, in the championship, your, your, your income, I don't know, you, you know, you might make sort of 20 million or 15 million or 10 million. I don't know what it is per year, but as soon as you go to the Premier League, you can earn over 150 a year. So they were willing to throw, you know, big money to try and get into the, to, into the Premier League. And more often than not, it failed. So, you know, the FFP rules were brought in to basically say that you can only spend a certain amount of money over a particular period of time based on what your income and your outgoings is going to be. And that's it. So in effect, you couldn't cheat. So you couldn't go and get one of these Saudi sheikhs and get him to just spend loads and loads of money and just like Monopoly game, just buy up all the houses on the board, right? And then you're going to win because what's the, what's the fun in that? And what's the point? And also what it does is the difficulty it drives the market up so all the prices of players start going up so all the smaller teams can't able to to buy players because the, the market price has been pulled up because a player who probably is worth three million all of a sudden is worth 25 million because somebody is able to buy him for 25 million can try and buy up all the best players at higher prices so it was it was an attempt to stabilize the market so we knew all about that because we used to always moan saying we never got involved in it we'd always have to sell our players when we had to but we, we bought more players and better players and you know we made money the right type of way whereas your derby counties ended up doing it and they're in all sorts of trouble you know there's all all sorts of other teams Sunderland were doing it there's all you know there's loads of teams Portsmouth you know Birmingham. teams that are just Birmingham City you know they're in all sorts of trouble you know uh, I suppose Sheffield you know, Wednesday yeah so 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 big 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 trouble from doing that so that's so we we're, we're very attuned with what FFP is all about but the one thing you know that I would say and especially when you know as you know we speak a lot to you know the directors of football of Brentford the people that work in Brentford and we talk about a lot of these issues and they also you know they school us and tell us you know what is going on and how it works within the system and what they said is that you know to be quite honest with you once you get the Premier League you don't worry so much about FFP because you're getting 150 million pounds a year and you stay in the Premier League for two three four years you're laughing 
So you sort of think, okay, f- fair enough. So you go to the Premier League, you don't think FFP is an issue. Then you get kind of situations where you've got Fulham who spent a ridiculous amount of money one year, Aston Villa spent a ridiculous amount of money one year, you've got Everton who spent, you know, 500 million pounds. And I was thinking, these teams tend to be spending quite a lot of money, but no one's still talking about FFP. I think what's now happened now, it's come to a head because basically what I'm trying to say is that because there's so much money in the Premier League, it's almost kind of impossible, I thought, to kind of get caught out in FFP because it's just like you don't need to because it's like there's, there's nothing money in the pot. But it seems to me, and I say allegedly, that Manchester City didn't care about the rules and they thought whatever we need to do to win, we will win. So if we need to allegedly, you know, sponsor our stadium and 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 put more money than it's worth, you know, allegedly, then that's what we will do. If we have to spend more, you know, basically whatever we need to do, we will do it. And this is one of the problems that I've had with Premier League is that this whole idea that people say to win anything, you have to spend more money than anybody else. And my idea is that I thought to win something, you have to spend money better than anybody else. But there is a thought with these bigger, more arrogant clubs, that's what you've got to do. I had a big conversation with a Chelsea fan the other day and that's what he said to me oh we, we spent 600 million pounds you know because we're bigger and better and we we're, we deserve to be there and it was oh it was a family meal and the family meal went a little bit horribly peaked on because <laughs> we got involved in sort of sort of some sort of kind of fracas you know what i'm saying over the table but it was, it was it was really winding me up this attitude we spend more we can spend more we deserve to spend more and you know just distorting the market so this is interesting because manchester city if they get done for this it can change quite a lot of things you know and are Chelsea going to be next and who else is going to be next and will it actually kind of temper the market down well this is a possibility it's a distinct possibility you know Chelsea as you say you know broken 600 million in transfer spending since the takeover um you know and that's by they've so so far avoided FFP rules um by spreading um transfer fees over seven eight nine years you know um it it, it is again financial um financial gymna- gymnastics yeah skullduggery <laughs> it's 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 seeing a potential seeing the rules and working out a creative way of get, of getting around them and the, the rules the rules you can say the rules aren't harsh enough they're not strict enough they sh- there shouldn't be any kind of ability to, to 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 bend them but you know if you've got if you're spending half a billion pounds in 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 transfers you know the lawyers that you can afford they're they're, they're going to find a way um it, it is that's their that's their brief is to allow chelsea to smash the british transfer record for them to buy up you know mudrich and um outbid arsenal to make sure that they're they you know the second second team or the top team in 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 the epl it's it is that's that that's what legal people do if you if you if you ask them you know um and the americans they want they want success to either to to win things or to build the value of of chelsea football club there's two there's two objectives as far as they're concerned i'm sure so yeah i'm sure whatever happens at man city they're not the only ones that are um uh, gonna be accused of uh it's basically unsportsmanlike behavior i I would say but it, it makes our story even more remarkable that we're we're competing with uh teams like clubs like teams like teams, teams like, like Man City <laughs> yeah and, and teams like Chelsea and teams like Liverpool and teams yeah. like Tottenham and that's an know, inverse teams like isn't it lady yeah, it's a proper inverse one yeah um I'm flying certainly flying upside down is it, it is bonkers and you know we're, we're not 
we're talking about this because Manchester City, if they were to drop points, it means that we 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 could go above them. Um, yeah, but we, we, you know, it's it's not it's it, that's this is the it's, we're not just talking we're not talking about things that are happening in a different league on a, in a different stratosphere. We we are very much part of this conversation, whether they like it or not. Yeah, I mean, and just and, and I had to just you know I want to pull you up, not pull you up there, but I just had to sort of make a little comment there, lady, because you talked about if they get some joints dropped. So I was contacted by this is Anfield, which is one of the the big um, Liverpool um, uh, fan media channels. Actually, um, I do quite a lot of stuff with them, and they just asked a question because they're doing a little piece because obviously they're very very unhappy with Man City as well. All the Manchester teams they're not happy with, so they're doing a piece on Manchester City, and so they asked me, you know, what our view is going to be for Brentford uh, as besotted, you know, who. Uh, we're, you know, Brentford fan, one of Brentford fan media channels. And they said, look, do you think, okay, that uh, for Manchester City, what should be their punishment if they are found guilty? Should titles be stripped? Should they be relegated? Should they lose points? What do you think? Now, Lainey, I'm going to ask you the question. What do you think? If all these things are true about Manchester City and they're found guilty, what do you reckon? All, all of the above. I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got nothing against Man City fans at all, and I've got nothing against Manchester City at all. Um, I have got a problem with, with, you know, cheating, cheating, che- cheating. Yeah, yeah. You know, it has, it has to be a level playing field, you know, or needs, it needs to be as level a playing field as is possible, and it, it clearly, it, it, it isn't. The accusation is it isn't if you if you allow this creativity to happen within within um, a structure where not everyone is doing that, and you know all it does is encourage others to do that because that's the only way they're going to compete. If X if X club is doing Y to to achieve success at the cost of everyone else, then the the other teams are going to just do the same. You know what's you know what's good for the goose is good for the gander, and it, and and it, it it can't be allowed to 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 kind of um, to continue. Okay, so 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 should titles be stripped then, lady? I, I, I'd certain I'd certainly that's difficult. I'd, I'd certainly go for I wouldn't go for points deduction. No, 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 for, no, just one, just one. No, no, I I don't per, I wouldn't personally push for that one. I'd push okay, wait, wait, for wait, wait, so, so no, no titles, so no, so they not, so they, not bothered, not so bothered about okay. that. Titles remain. Okay, should they be relegated? Yes. Okay, relegated to watch division out of the league. Out of the league, so to non-league. Manchester City will be playing, um, well, they won't be playing uh, Wrexham because they'll probably get promoted. They'll be playing um, Boreham Wood. So yes. Would you, would, yeah. you go to, would you go to Boreham Wood versus Man City? No. <laughs> it's just a question. All right, I'm just, just asking. You know I'm saying. Uh, so should they also have, uh, if they get relegated, then should they also have points deducted this season? Possibly, yeah. So they should be points deducted and relegation? Yeah. So how many points deducted do you think? 30. 30 points deducted, which means that they'll be on they'll, 15 points. They'll be, um, so I'm not even sure where they'll be in the league. They're, they're probably, actually, they're probably not going to be as bad as Southampton still. Southampton will probably be below them, even with 30 points deducted. So uh, 30 points deducted, do you think is fair? Uh, no, yeah, let's, let's deduct them 100 million points. <laughs> and so at least they get a world record, but as lowest points ever in any any competition. They can have that in the Guinness Book of Records. But mm. it's but basically to, to push them into non-league would mean uh, a, a, you know, a four-year uh, punishment for them. They'll, they'll be back um, and, you know, they'll be back in the top flight within half a decade. So, you know, it, it is only a, a short-term fix, but it's a clear message. 
Okay. All right. Okay. So cool. So Manchester City are out of the league next season. Uh, they're going to be at the bottom of the league this season, which means that Brentford will finish at least sixth in the league uh, on the way to our European tour. It's all looking very rosy. So, uh, and obviously, listen, talking about European tour, we got three more points towards our European tour at, at home against Southampton on Saturday. We're going to have a little drink. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about that Southampton game. So Saturday, Southampton, New Griffin Park. They've come down there second season in a row and we've given them a right good thumping yet again. Uh, can we play them every week? Probably not because the way they're going, they're going to be relegated, aren't they, Laney? It, it looks that way, yeah. Um, three, two, three nils um, at our stadium to make up for the tonking we got down at St Mary's. We've got to play them again. This The, the rearranged fixture, which uh, as far as I'm concerned, hasn't been penciled in, hasn't been rearranged yet. So we have to go down there. Um, but, you know, going back to what you said on the intro, you know, about there's not a lot to talk about in terms of anything else going on, really, apart from the last fixture and the next one. It, it, it's quite it's quite great, isn't it, really? You think about it, you know, that means there's no injuries. That means there's no, no one's rocking the boat. That means, you know, there's, there's no transfers because we're out the transfer window. It's kind of a really calm, um, stable environment that, that's been built this season. And I think that, is helping uh, you know us to be out, especially coming back after the World Cup. I think we're just focusing, literally, as as Thomas Frank always says, on that next game. Doesn't seem to be any distractions apart from the Ivan Tony situation, which you know again that's that's a that's a dark cloud that um, is going to be kind of coming our way at some stage between now um, and May, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, it's 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 helping build that uh that atmosphere where um the players can just build on the previous week's performance and i, and I said i have said you know the, the unbeaten run will of course come to an end at some stage but you know we, we it just gives you the confidence to think that we're just gonna take that on the chin and just and just carry on so yeah it's, it's great it's, a, it's an incredible moment in time to be a brentford fan it is indeed a brilliant time to be a Brentford fan and talk about Brentford fans. Tell you what we're going to do. Instead of us talking about this Southampton game, we're going to go back to the match on Saturday. We're going to have an even a slightly more extended listen to what the fans had to say because there was so much happiness going on. And, and we look about halfway through the season and we thought, let us just sit back and instead of us talking, let's hear exactly what the fans had to say directly after that Southampton game. Uh, really good, really good, yeah. good, good performance first half, even before the goals came. We look fast, efficient, clinical. It's a strong team we've got out there now. You know, two goals is perfect timing just before half time, but comfortable all the way through. Let them have their 10, 15 minutes, start the second half. Really good, Rico immense. Again, you know, me immense. Midfield, Norgard Jensen. It's, it's a decent team we've got really We haven't lost for five months. We haven't lost for five months at all, which is. Locked on. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to see. It's Carrots Happy New Year. They're all happy. Bees are happy. Bees are happy. What a result. Yeah. yeah, we just we just look really good at the moment. I mean, Saints were pretty poor, let's be honest. They they scrapped a bit after half-time. They had the odd moment in, in the first half, but the only team that looked like they're going to have any quality to win that was us. Matty Jensen, I thought, was, was sublime today. Deserved his goal. Ivan relatively quiet, um, so some credit to Saints. They maybe had some success there, but yeah, we're just we're just in great form. Interesting game now at Arsenal next week. Listen, 
definitely just did what we had to do today. Again, there was no real pressure, was there? Absolutely not. Highly satisfactory result, that. Demolished the team that's going back down in the championship, or going down to the championship, 3-0. We did, we did the job. We did what was needed to be done. And uh, what will be interesting is, can we up it for the Arsenal game tomorrow, uh, next weekend? That will be a fascinating one, given their result today. So, come on, you bees, let's go on and on. Here we go and here we go and here we go. Here we are yeah. again with another three points and here another clean go. sheet. Tony and Brian and Bumo. Tony and Brian and Bumo. And Bumo. Out there, Brian and Bumo had a good game today, didn't he? He had a good game. He put himself about a bit, scored a goal, ran around, did great defensive work, great interceptions. Brian and Bumo. Tony had a quieter game. Made a couple of great defensive headers, put himself about again, won the free kicks, held up the play. You know, you could never, never knock him. Standard, three points. Looked a bit moody at the beginning, but, you know, once we got our notes in front, that was the, uh, the game one, and they, they really didn't have a lot to offer. We've got the Israeli bee in the house, he's flown in from Tel Aviv for this game. Came in late last night, the game was delayed. Well, plane was delayed, stay in the hotel, come down here, club shop, down the full Monty, down the Globe, and now down the Bees. And this has made you very happy, isn't it? Of course, of course. What a game to come here, what a game. And tell you something, Billy, get used to it. Brentford are massive. This team is going places. This game, also the Bournemouth game, makes me very, very happy that we win this game. Because this is the type of game that you need to win. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. To get to where we want to go. And this team want and can go places. And the atmosphere is incredible. It's my first time here. And I love every minute of it. Come on, you bees! bees. A very happy Israeli bee here. Sorry. Bees are on fire. Your defense is terrified. The bees are on fire. Your defense is terrified. We are on fire. Your defense is terrified. The bees are on fire. La 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 It's all kicking up here again. Every time. I know. I know. Ah, it's hilarious. There's all sorts of arms flying everywhere. Arms are going everywhere. Limp, limp, limp as they say. Limp yourself right up. You limp yourself right up. Bees, they just put them to bed, didn't they? It was a really good game. We were solid all the way through. Had the tough out, few, few moments, but Southampton a poor outfit, really poor outfit. We did a professional job on them today. 3-0, sixth place in the league. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere, we're going somewhere. We're going, we're going all over the place. What news? We've got the savvy bee in the house. We've got more! I mean, could we have got more than 
Can we got more? Do you think? We could have done better. Could we have got more? More, yeah, all right, all right. But uh, yeah, professional performance against an average side. Uh, we played really well across the pitch. They were quite good at midfield, but nothing up front really. So yeah, we just we just lost it. Uh, good goals, good performances. Yeah, I mean, Norgard was classed as usual, but nobody let us down at all. It's all good. Listen, literally everywhere, characters are jumping up and down, seats. Only the Southampton end is empty. The rest of the stadium is full. Characters jumping around all over the place. The players are just going down the tunnel now as well. They're taking the corner flags off, but still, these fans are here. West End is packed. South stand is packed, North stand is packed. Characters are well happy. Tell you something, can't say much more than uh, smashing the Southampton 3-0. What a result, eh? Great result. I predicted 3-1, actually, at the start of it. It's a riot. So, uh, actually, we did even better than I thought so. They had some chances in the first half, but we were awesome. We, should, we, could, we had 10 chances easily at goal, and we finished it. 3-0, they're going down, we're staying up. Woo! <laughs> so there you go, lots of joy and pain. You've got sunshine <laughs> and rain. No, actually, pain. there was no, there was no, no rain, rain. Actually, <laughs> there was no. no rain at all. Uh, but you know, just pretend there was rain, so that actually this song fitted in with that. Okay, actually, whole let's thing. pretend that. Let's pretend there was some rain. <laughs> um, there's been rain over the last month, so uh, let's go. But look, what a fantastic. Uh, what a response and, and and like I said to you, I was talking to uh, I was talking to the Taylor actually up in, in Leicester afterwards and she was so happy. Taylor was and 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 she's going, Oh, I don't want this to ever end. And I said, well, It's interesting because I was talking to the fans and there seems to be a little bit of kind of well, you know, there we go. We just turn up for Southampton and we expected to beat them and you know, we've beaten them. And there was a little bit of kind of um not to say there wasn't joy, but it was almost like expectation um off the back of that game. And and for me, my one fear about being in the division if you're going to be in there for a few years you end up becoming like a solid mid-table side as they say you start coming to these matches and they stop being fun because you just expect to get the results and I suppose that's something to be expected if you start kind of um you know I suppose elevating yourself and start becoming you know bog standard probably sitting pretty similar to when we were in the division one where we were in division one for so long you know we turn up for matches and like you know we every season we'd expect to be sort of kind of finishing mid-table and our only excitement would come if we start finishing top six or top four or top three or top two that's excitement but in general we're always mid-table so you'll turn up for a game against Gillingham and you'd expect to probably win if you could do and if you didn't it was just one of them things which were just establishedly as a mid-table team yeah i think it's human nature it's it's, it's something that you can kind of try try and not let slip into your, your into your psyche and uh, be your first thought is to look at a league table and go well we're above them you know we, we should we should beat them on on saturday you know I, I i'm still very much of the mindset that there's there's enough quality in any of any of these uh these premier league clubs to to give us a go um give us a match i thought the first goal was was critical um on saturday uh if it had gone their way they would have shut up shop and they might have got something out of it the fact is it went our way and it was a brilliant ben me header and we, we scored pretty much straight away after that and you know the third goal was always going to be the clincher but after two nil it was it was it was game over as really realistically uh so yeah it's it's i know i know what you mean bill you know it, it, it is you're not going to get as excited for a southampton 
Southampton as you are for an Arsenal or a Tottenham at home. It's just that's just just fact, um, and just it's just great that we we can we're, we're we're good enough now to 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 have that swagger that we we are we and the, and the and the level of performance I think as well I think that's that's critical that the players. They they're not they don't seem to be slipping into that mindset, and I know we can go hop back to the you know the the Gillingham defeat in the Carabao Cup, but then that that was a kickstart for for Man City, you know. So it's it, I think they are very they're so focused on this league, and I, and I and I think that Thomas Frank has got the players just just like so bought into his vision, um, and yeah, we we seem to be like a a, a really good engine that's purring along and you know and that's, and that's down to all the structure and that's down to the coaches it's down to the whole setup at our club it, it seems to be performing at uh, a very high level yeah and, and talking about ben me ben we ben me once again got the besotted global player of the match uh, he actually tied with uh, Brian and Bumo but again he got second place more second places so he actually moved into the player of the match again and he's got five man of the match performances now which is much more than anybody else actually he's been an absolutely tremendous signing thanks to Dave the Tasmanian B once again for tucking into doing this player of the match every single week actually and at the end of the season we're going to top them all up and we're going to see who is the player of the season which I think, obviously at the moment now it looks like it's going to be Mr Me unless somebody comes around and does a Buffalo Girls and comes round the outside but um, Ben Mee, again, we could talk about him week in and week out. He's, he's tremendous, isn't he, lady? I mean, that header was uh, <laughs> the technique. It was just so spot on, wasn't it? I'm glad he got up from it. It, it, it looked like he damaged himself. And, um, you know, you, you, you kind of like, you, you see someone go down, they come on, it's clearly a head injury. You're thinking, oh, concussion, can he, you know, whatever. You fear the worst. Um, the same with Rico um, towards the end of the game. He, you know, hopefully it was cramp um, because, you know, he pulled up and you're, you're thinking, oh, actually, should we just take him off and play with 10 men for a few minutes because he's he's so important. It's too important to, to keep him pushed pushing on and um risk you know aggravating an injury so but but me yeah he's, he's you know he's clearly the best ever free signing we've we've ever had um i i i, I include christian erickson probably in that um uh you know it shows you he, he he's kind of he's shored up defense you know i, I know christian erickson gave us the quality going forward in an offensive way and you know it it, it kind of like made up for being leaky at the back, but now we've 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 cut out so many of those goals um, because me's there marshalling and 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 you know performing week in week out and what a nice guy as well. Um, so yeah, green I, me, I, yeah, green me, green me indeed, yeah. yeah um, uh, he, but for people that don't know, he's he's very green. Uh, he's vegan. <laughs> You know, and he's, he's he's got all sorts of uh, projects going on to basically to, to to create a greener world, hasn't he? You know, he drives around in his green Porsche as well. He's got an electric Porsche, and uh, like I said to you, he's got all sorts of sort of kind of projects to try and kind of you know to environmental projects which he very much believes in. Um, you know, is that, that's right. I mean, actually, he's talking about that as well because I bought a new electric car the other day as well. I mean, and, and, and again, this is the first <laughs> you know I talked to you about it lately the other day because I say to you, oh, I, I wanted to do the the podcast remember i said to you let's, let's do a podcast on wednesday afternoon and you said why is that he goes well i've got this new car and i've got no idea how to fill it up right <laughs> you know saying it's electric and they didn't explain to me how to use it at the old car dealership like you know, i say so i was sitting inside
outside Waitrose trying to work out how to actually fill this bloody car up. It was a nightmare. Like, you know, and I had to wind the window down and ask this, uh, this uh, little Japanese guy who was in the car um, next to me and said, excuse me, please, but I've got no idea what I'm doing. Could you tell me what to do? And he sort of showed me what I had to do. And I was like, oh no. So I've got to sit here for like an hour now. So I rang you up and said, ladies, you're basically doing a podcast. I've got to sit here for an hour in the bloody supermarket car park. So, uh, so anyway. And, and what did I say? You said absolutely no, no interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've well, had to bring Ben up and go little charging parties. That's right. That's, that's right. We could talk yeah. some green green concepts, actually. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So uh, I had to yeah, turn but, up in, the, but, in my green shirt and you know green slippers. And everything, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but but what a player! Um, yeah. uh, it's 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 just it's incredible. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So the, the the header was 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 just in, was it was the perfect break the icebreaker of the game and you know then obviously we had that superb Josh De Silva pass out to Wieser um, and then he's, he selfishly crossed it over for, for Brian and Bumo to, to slam the ball home uh, nice. yeah it was it was it was it was it was lovely um, yeah all good mate it, all good so listen just quickly just going back to this game and looking at the positives and the negatives of it. Brentford, we created a high number of chances relative to our position. We were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from the flanks and also from counter-attacks and we were strong at finishing. Southampton were only, they only stole the ball often from us okay weaknesses in that game we had no significant weaknesses and uh, Southampton were poor at finishing uh we had a large quantity of possession in uh Southampton's half and also we favored long balls Southampton they favored long shots and attacked through the middle um interestingly we both actually had about 14 attempts on goal you know we had 10 from open play they actually had 11 from open play we had both had three set pieces so on paper you know it looks like oh oh that was quite even Stevens however if you go to the XG chart we absolutely smashed to pieces on XG 2.28 to the B's and 0.74 for Southampton. You know, they're probably their sort of kind of best chance actually came in the D outside the penalty area. That's like sort of 20 yards outside out, like, you know, so that, that, that's probably their best chance. They had a couple of little chances in the area, even smaller dots. But I mean, I'm looking at that, I'm reckoning that that chance from outside the area is probably about 25%. And other than that, they were probably on 15 and 10 and 8% inside the area. So not great chances. Whereas we had massive big red bubbles, you know, we're probably talking about 30, 35, 40, 55, 60% chances inside the area. One, two, three, four, five, six, six big ones and then some smaller ones as well. So we we created a bit of havoc in their area. We created a lot of opportunities. And if, you, if anything, you could say that maybe we should have scored a couple more. But, you know, we were beggars, can't be choosers, even though we weren't begging because we were absolutely all over them, as you say. But anyway, listen, we've talked enough about Southampton. We're going to go over to JB, who likes to give us more facts and funk. We love JB's facts and funk. Let's go to JB and let's hear what facts and Funk, he's got up his bag. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB. And he's ready to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. Hello, Jonathan Virtual here again. David Rea duly kept his 50th clean sheet for Brentford on Saturday in League, Cup, and Playoff games. He's only the seventh keeper in our history to reach that landmark of the 92 who played for us, and he's the first in this millennium. He achieved it in 144 games. Only Kevin Dearden reached the milestone quicker by just nine games, although he was playing in the third and fourth tiers. Southampton made it a hat-trick of clean sheets, following up on Leeds and Bournemouth. Only the second time that's happened in our top tier seasons. 1938 was the other, 
with Joe Crozier in goal when we drew 0-0 with Stoke and recorded a 1-0 and a 2-0 win over Arsenal. The club record is seven successive games without conceding a goal. That was back in 1957 when Jerry Catebread was between the sticks. This week sees the 65th anniversary of the Munich air disaster of 1958. Although there were no Brentford player connections, United's manager Matt Busby had been a guest player for us in a wartime league game, making his only appearance in December 1944 away at Arsenal. So there you go, JB, facts and his funk up his bag. <laughs> what bag? What are you talking about? Uh, but JB, fantastic. Um, we we just we, he just comes up. I get stunned by the stuff that he comes up with. I don't know where. I don't know how he siphons that information out. We need to find out. We need to go down to JB's house and and and, and go into his little den and and see what he's got there because uh yeah we, we might need to well, we, we might need a bit more facts and funk in yeah, different areas. Bring him up see if he's got a charging point as well, Bill. <laughs> That's just right, actually. Uh, to be fair, yeah, that, that could be quite handy, JB. I might be around uh, next week to see if you can help us because uh, this the solar power thing is, isn't happening at the moment now. It seems to be taking far too long. But anyway, Saturday, Arsenal. We're going to the Emirates. Should we call it Highbury? Emirates is a bit, a bit corporate, isn't it? It's like, you know, yeah. It's like, yeah. That's, its, that's its name, though. It is its name, but it's still a bit corporate, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Highbury is good, you know. But yeah, it's, but it's not there. Flats, though, it? uh, flats mm. on the cottage, isn't they? Actually, <clears throat> it's not a cottage because it was actually a football stadium. Um, <coughs> Arsenal. We're playing Arsenal on Saturday. Uh, trip down to Arsenal, not too far, just down the road from me. And uh, lots of bees going down there. 3,000 tickets sold. Looking forward to that match. You know, Arsenal. Um, I have to put my hand up and say I think that they were the best side that we played so far this season. They were very good when we played them and we had no, <laughs> we couldn't, that was it. We just said, fair, fair play to you. You take the three points. You've been very good this season. And uh, they looked like they were going to be sort of steaming the league, doing very well. But all of a sudden, Everton came along with this Sean Deitch character who's just stepped in. And he's caused all sorts of problems in the Arsenal camp, isn't he? By Everton going out there and actually winning a match, which was a, which a rare thing in itself. So um, Arsenal fans are probably a little bit nervous now and knowing that they need to get themselves back on track, even though Manchester City, knowing that, you know, Laney's, uh, Laney's law says that they're going to get <laughs> subtracted about a mm. thousand points. So they're not going to be a problem this season because uh, they're going to be relegated to, uh, to the non-league in about six months time as well. So that's not really an issue. But still, I think, you know, Arsenal fans want to make sure that they are, uh, that, that, that things are, you know, just in case the points aren't deducted and they don't get relegated that they're still going to maintain that top spot so the bees coming down as we do with our shoulders kind of rolling a little bit and not really worrying too much because i think we went there with a little bit of fear last year i think we got a little bit less fear because we've got nothing to lose at the moment now we're in seventh place and if we win it's great and if we don't win it's not a big deal and that's not really the brentford team that you really want to come down to arsenal is it or they do no, they they'll be supremely confident. Let's let's you know let's be honest. Their fans will be licking their lips at the thought that they can put last Saturday's defeat behind them, and 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 Brentford are going to just roll into uh, town and just just roll over. You know the Man City result 
and our and, and our unbeaten run shows that there's more about us this season. Um, we we didn't we didn't turn up last year. I mean, it was probably one of the lowlights. In fact, the the two visits to that stadium have been pretty lowlights from my point of view. I know the Alan Judge goal was was great and the Norgard um, goal right at the death last last season. But it, that was it, it was like constant. That was you know the. Norgards was just really consolation. I know it made the scoreline a little closer, but I don't think the game ever was. I'm, I want us to go there and 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 perform, Bill. I, I, I don't want us to go there and and kind of yeah. I I just I don't want the repeat of last year. Uh, and and I and from what I've seen, um, that that won't be the case. But although we we did kind of do that at, at Ellen Road, where you know we just kept our shape and um you know we 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 were happy not to lose. Uh, I think this. I think there's a point, at least a point, to be had there. If not, if not three on a on another memorable day, you know whether whether we got another one of those um, coming our way, uh, you know, imminently. We'll, we'll we'll see. But we we know that our team's capable of it. We need we need Arsenal to not be at their best. And we need to have have luck going our way, and we need to take our chances. We need Ivan Tony to be playing better than he did against uh, against Southampton. Um, but what more incentive do you need? So yeah, I, it's uh, it's a very very different feeling to to the to last year. I think I think we can go there and, and do something. Um, if we don't, um, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world at all. Listen, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pop out a little bit. I'm going to pop down to the Emirates or the Highbury or whatever they call it, okay? And I'm going to have a little chat with Robbie from AFTV. And he's just going to give us a few little clippets and snippets and thoughts on the Brentford game on Saturday as well. But don't forget also, there's going to be a longer interview with Robbie as well, which is going to be on prideofwest.london. We'll drop that maybe maybe at Friday at some stage, actually, or maybe Friday afternoon, or I don't know when it's going to be. We'll let you know exactly when. So we're going to have Robbie on air, but don't forget to check out a separate longer interview with Robbie about Arsenal and Brentford and all sorts of stuff as well but I'm going to pop off to the Emirates now and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to let you know exactly what Robbie had to say are you going to drive in your car or are you going to get the tube I think I might get the tube actually so yeah standing outside the new Highbury, the Emirates Stadium with Robbie, the man from AFTV, Arsenal Fan TV, known Robbie from time. Robbie, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yes, and I'm looking at you. You're shifting from left foot to right foot here. Very yeah. nervous, you no, know. No, no, no. I'm just cold. <laughs> <laughs> Big game on Saturday. We've got the bees coming on Saturday. First of all, I'm going to say to you that this is the little short, little 10-11 questioner with right. Robbie because we've done a full-on longer interview, which is going to be on PrideOfWest.London. We're going to drop it a little bit after this podcast, or maybe by the time you listen to this podcast, you can check it out. Like I said to you, Pride of West London, and we go into things in a little bit more detail. But Robbie, right. I'm just going to go on a quick fire one on you. So oh, listen, listen, Robbie. This season, Arsenal, big smile on your face because you're top of the league. Your season, just give it marks out of ten and why? Marks out of ten, I'm going to give it a nine because it's uh, it's exceeded all expectations. We've been consistently good this season. Apart from last week, we slipped up. We've only lost two games this season. So um, yeah, did you lose um, Everton and Man United away. So, um, yeah, no, it's, and both of those have been away games. So, yeah, no, I'll give it a nine at the moment. OK, that's good. And the best team that you've played this season? Best team that we played this season, I think probably Man United when we played Amira at the Emirates. I thought they played really well that day, even though we dominated the game, but they always looked dangerous. Um, so I'd give it to United when we played them at the Emirates. OK, score was that one? Was... We beat them 3-2. OK, and the worst team you played this season? Worst team we played, probably not in a forest here, even though they've picked up a lot since we played them, to be fair to them. But when we played them here, we put five past them and it could have been more. 
Okay. And listen, you're, I'm going to say your favourite match this season, the one that put a big smile to your face. Favourite match this season, listen, without a doubt, it was Tottenham away, you know, <laughs> going there, turning them over, 2-0, could have been more, should have been more, right, seeing them all walk out about 15 minutes before the end with their tails between their legs after they were running up their mouth. Tottenham away this season. We beat them at home as well, but we hadn't beaten them away for nine years. So to do that, that's my favourite. Okay, and the worst match for you this season? Worst match, probably Everton last week. You know what I mean? Um, they really had that new manager bounce with Sean Dyche. They deserved to win. They played well. Um, they are very direct. We didn't really cope with it well. I mean, we had a lot of players who were sort of below par. So I'll probably say that Everton game. Okay, and uh, Arsenal player, who is the Don this season? One player. Oh, it's hard to pick, man, because there's been so many good players. Oof. Cogs wearing, cogs are wearing. <laughs> I'll probably go, let me go Martin Aldegar because he's been at the heart of everything this season and I've really love what he's done as the, as the captain. I'll give it to Aldegar. Yeah, he's a good player. Hopefully he's not mm. going to be doing it on Saturday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so who needs to do his homework, needs to do a little bit better? Oh, you know what? It's hard because everyone's played so well. I can't really... If I'm being ultra, ultra harsh, it'd probably be Kieran Tierney, but that's just because he hasn't played bad. He's been excellent. It's just that, you know, Zinchenko's just been a bit better than him. So, but he has not been... No, I don't even want to say that because he hasn't been... We've just been good. All players have been good. Okay, okay. So listen, the Brentford player that you fear, other than Ivan Tony, we all know about Ivan. Who else do you fear? Uh, is it Mbwema? Fear him. He's quick, he's direct, dangerous player. Um, very, very good on the counter-attack. Very strong. Rate him. OK, so what worries you about Brentford? Um, what worries me about Brentford is the manager. The manager's a good manager. He, he comes up with methods and ways. Um, and I'm just worried that they, they're going to come. They're going to be very direct. Try and do what Everton did last week. Although I do think if they do do that, we'll cope with it better. Yeah. So, listen, so where can Arsenal take advantage of us then? Um, I think, you know, it's our pressing game. You know I mean? We're we, we excellent in the press, excellent winning the ball up, back high up the pitch. And um, I think if we do that, we'll get a lot of joy. That's right. So listen, Robbie, score prediction. The big game on Saturday. 3-1 to Arsenal. But it's not going to be an easy 3-1. Tough 3-1, but maybe a couple of goals towards the end. All right, OK. So listen, Robbie, wicked chatting to you. It's, uh, listen, great. Looking forward to Saturday. Lots of Brentford. 3,000 coming down there. We're going to be in the pubs all around enjoying ourselves before the game. Fing- yeah. Fingers crossed we're going to be enjoying ourselves Ho- after the game. You know, hopefully after the game you go to the pub and get drunk because you lost. <laughs> but right. you still had fun. That's right. right. <laughs> it's great catching up with you. Don't forget, FridayWest.London. We'll have the full pre-match Arsenal podcast. Check it out. And Robbie's on that one too. Cheers. Nice one. So there you go, Robbie Lyle, AFTV, Arsenal Fan TV, as they used to be called before they uh, decided to shorten their name. I think there's probably some sort of copyright issues there. And interesting, like I said to you, don't forget to check out the longer interview, which is probably already dropped already if you listen to this now. If not, it's going to drop in a little bit with Robbie, just talking about all sorts of the stuff. An interesting long ball Brentford as well. I mean, <laughs> I mean, does he still think we're long ball Brentford? Do you think we're long ball Brentford, Laney? I don't know. I, I, I do know. It's not I don't know. I don't, comma, no. I don't <laughs> think that, no. Um, it, it, I just think we, I think it's just bullshit, you know. All, all clubs play long at some stage. And I know, I know we are more direct with having Ivan up there. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's just 
you've got to play to your strengths and there's so much more about our game than than knocking it long you know we, we do we do play through the middle we do play some beautiful threaded balls is that just a silver pass was that a long ball i mean technically from side to side but that's just that's, i mean it's just it's just nonsense to, to say that's direct you know um putting a putting a ball into the area from a corner or free kick that's what every club does don't they i it, i just think it's uh you know it's it's just um just a sign of a, a little bit of ignorance to be honest but there you go yeah, I mean, again, you know, listen, this is everyone's got their point of view, and you know, just which is fine, you know, we should talk about uh, just coming back to this game. Um, you know, Laney, um, last season, I mean, everyone we, we talk about this till the cows come home, but we did beat Arsenal first game of the season. I know a lot of fans, especially Arsenal fans, goes, Oh, yeah, that's when we were rubbish. And, and listen, you were still Arsenal, okay, and you had good players and you spent a lot of money, and uh, it doesn't really matter what you got, abs, you got, you got a bit of a beating, you know, a bit. We went to you and we got a bit of a beating, but we'll admit that all the time. But what was really interesting because if you saw the Arsenal um, um, series on Netflix, All or Nothing as well, and if you saw that. I mean, I didn't realise that Arteta really took that victory at the beginning of the season to heart. And and, and like I said to you, we've talked about this before. He also took the Ivan Tony tweet to heart as well, you know, with a little kick around with the boys, you know. He really, really took that to heart. And I think he, when we played them at their place, he said, listen to me, you are not going to win. You have to, because this, this team disrespected you by beating you last time. And then they put that tweet out there and it just said it's a little kick around and you're, you're going to be a massive Arsenal team. So you need to go back in there. And you need to give them a right good kicking. And they gave us a good kicking. We got not kicking us and kicked us, but they kicked us around the park and they beat us and, you know, hands up, we got beaten badly. And I think Arteta was really happy with that. But then, you know, what he also did, um, isn't that right? This season as well, I think, you know, it's this season when he came back and he said, now you need to make sure you beat them again. Beat them again because, like, we can't have what happened last time. And they, they gave us a beating, you know. Again, they gave us a good beating this time. But then to rub it in, he went out and put in some 15-year-old and made, made him come on the pitch for his first and only ever game. And I think that was a little bit of a rubbing salt in the wounds to the victory. Don't you think so, Laney? Yeah, it was, it was I mean, he's clearly, clearly been rattled. He's been triggered, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, Ethan Nwaneri, he came on like a 15-year-old. I think he was the youngest ever Premiership footballer, if not the youngest ever Premiership. He was certainly the youngest ever Arsenal player to be involved in a in a, in a match, and surprise, surprise, he's not featured once since. So anyone at the time says, "Oh, you know, he's he's only got the you know the the long term development of a of a young player uh, at, at, at heart." Uh, again, nonsense. Nonsense. He he he, he used that kid uh, as salt a, to the wound. Salt. Well, just to just to show that we even we even we, we even beat you with fifteen year olds, and, and that's what the Arsenal fans sang. You know, it's, how shit must you be? He's only fifteen. They were they were singing it, and and they it it that's it was really. I thought it was. I think it. it well, I thought it was actually quite dangerous. You know, we could have we could have gone through that kid, and you know he could have got hurt, and it, it, you know that that. We would have got the blame for that. It was like, oh, oh, he's only fifteen. Leave him alone. Well, that's is if he's if he's put in the team by his manager, then you've got to treat him the same as as everyone else. Um, and I know I I I think the the gut my my gut feeling was that he was it was just a, a very very petty um, thing to do. I mean, Laney. I mean, look, 
you, you said it's a petty thing to do, but you know that we're, we're very petty. You know what I'm saying? We've, we've done a lot of petty things in our time. And I'm just wondering, is there anything petty that maybe we could do in return for Arsenal on Saturday? I mean, for me, I think that maybe you know, what we could do is that maybe we could bring back one of our older players, like, you know, put him on the bench, like maybe... You know, sweet. Get Kev O'Connor a run out. He's, uh, he's, no, that's too young. I think he's too he, young. I think, no, I think we need him a lot older than that, actually. Um, you know, maybe Chris Kamara. You know, we can get Chris Kamara to come down or kind of, you know, Terry Herlock, maybe. You know, you can get Terry Herlock to play, bring him on after sort of 89 minutes and uh, bring him on. Or maybe some, someone. Only if we're winning. Some, some, someone, even somebody older, lady. I mean, maybe somebody from the 60s or 70s, maybe, you know, someone. Yeah, possibly. I mean, well, Gillum, Gillum deserves a run out, doesn't he? Can we register Peter him? Gillum, I don't even know if he can play football, but maybe if he bought him on, that could be actually quite good. Bring the, bring Busby on, bring the, <laughs> bring the mascot on. Uh, not, not old enough, mate, you know, so, you know, let's, if anyone out there can think of any, anybody who, who, who they think could actually go on and, and you know, if, if, if things go right for us, actually yeah, have, a, have a decent run out in the last two minutes of, uh, of the Arsenal yeah. match. Just how let shit, us know. How Just... shit must you be? We're playing Busby. <laughs> well, Okay, he's 90 years old, actually. That would be quite a good yeah. one. Yeah, so but anyway, listen, we, um, just just coming back to, you know, to the, like I said, to this Arsenal game, um, just looking at it, you know, looking at 538 as we do, the stats side, you know, Arsenal, I think it looks like this is the first time they've actually put Arsenal down to win the league at the end of the season, predicting them to get 84 points, one point above Manchester City. Um, at the moment, they're five points above Manchester City, but they're going to, they, 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 they reckon they're going to pick them, but no, by three points. So Manchester City are an 81, Arsenal 84 at the end of the season. So that's what 538 says with Man United third, Newcastle fourth, Spurs fifth, Brighton sixth, Liverpool seventh, Chelsea eighth, and Brentford predicted to finish ninth and Fulham tenth. So Chelsea is going to pip us in the West London Mini League, which at the moment we're top of the West London Mini League, which we're very happy about. So that's interesting. And at the bottom, they reckon Bournemouth rock bottom with uh, with uh, 31 points. Southampton next bottom, 32 points. And Everton, they reckon, are going to be 34 points. Third bottom with Forest, Wolves and Leeds all surviving. And West Ham as well, above them all surviving. Um, Everton, yeah, the big gap between Everton and Nottingham Forest. So they reckon it's definitely between them three at the moment now. So it'll be interesting to see how things pan out towards the end of the season. Um, Laney, um, Arsenal. I'm just going to quickly talk about Arsenal and what they're good at and what they're not so good at, so we can <laughs> see what we what we have to look out for, so we can prime up our 90 year old uh, striker. You know, when he when he comes on on 89th minute. So uh, Arsenal are very good at finishing scoring chances and also defending set pieces. They're good at creating scoring chances, attacking down the wings, creating long shot opportunities, creating chances through individual skill and attacking set pieces. Where they're weak is avoiding individual errors and also defending against through ball attacks and also very weak in the air. So they like to control the game in our half and attack through the middle. They like short passes, possession football. They normally play the same people every single time. They play the offside trap um, and uh, they're a non-aggressive team. So, look, you know, they are good, but there are a few little nuggets in there that we can actually chip away on, aren't they? Yeah, there's, there's definitely, there's definitely, um, you know, as I said, them losing at Everton means that you know it it it, it shows that they're not they're not infallible. Um, and in the air and, as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we just go there, we just go there, and we have to we have to put in a, a you know a, a biggie, and you know we we you know we've got we're going to come up against people like Trossard, um, people that we know very well. Um, I'm not sure if Odegaard's going to be around, um, but you know that will be a good battle because I, I I personally think that Norgard's better than him. Um, 
it's it's you know Saka, um, Unketia, Martinelli, Zaka. You know they're, they're all they're all great players. Zinchenko, since he came from Man City, he's been great. Uh, but there's I think there's joy at the back. I, I think you know Ramsdale is a great keeper, but. You know uh, what he's got in front of him. I, I think we, I think we can get behind him a few times. We show it every week. We do create high quality chances against pretty much everyone. Leeds being the exception, uh, but um, yeah, I, I think I think we can go there and do do okay. If you're going to ask me what my prediction is going to be, mm. I think I think the I think the run, I think the, the unbeaten run will probably come to an end. And that's but score I, prediction, but lady. I got. I'm gonna go one all draw. Oh, all draw. so so the so it won't come to an end. So it's <clears> gonna be uh, it's gonna still be unbeaten, and it's gonna be a tight game in ladies, ladies books. Tell you something. I tell you what. I was gonna go for a one all draw, but I'm actually gonna go out on a limb here because I think we've got to have one. We, okay, we had the Liverpool result, which actually kind of surprised everyone at the time. But look at how Liverpool are playing recently. Actually, it probably wasn't so much of a surprise. But we need to have one surprise result in a season, and I'm gonna go for this one. I'm gonna go for a one nil. Tight win to the mighty, mighty bees. Well, a Man, at- Man City wasn't a surprise. Oh yeah, okay. That's, 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 actually, no, it was a bit of a surprise. Only because we just lost to Gillingham, I suppose, wasn't it? So uh, we, we got to have two. Surpri- I talk about this year, didn't I? So since, uh, since oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that's sorry. right. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Charles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Charles, we're so petty. We're so petty, aren't we? So anyway, listen, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. We're not going to break any hearts. Hopefully, going to be breaking lots of hearts on Saturday. Like I said to you, this is Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Don't forget to check out Pride of West London. We're going to have a little Robbie interview there, a longer Robbie interview. So check that out as well. Don't forget also to subscribe on all good podcast channels and write us a review also don't forget to buy us a beer besotted.com forward slash beer thank you everybody for buying us all your beers uh thank you for lee the b from walton lee the walton b for sorting us out an extra ticket for saturday that i'd uh, forgotten to get or i didn't get and he sorted us right out so i very much appreciate that lee the walton b so i'll probably see you on saturday for a couple of beers and everything like that but other than that laney um it's been a marvelous week you know we've talked about all sorts of stuff it's the weather's it's getting better it's getting lighter should be all good looking up for a good drink up in the game before saturday yeah, looking forward saturday. To it. really looking forward to it It'll be really good i've got a few, few great it's game in the morning with the Panthers playing uh, Harefield, the, the Harefield posse are coming down to North London and I'm going to be steaming down on the train and getting down the pub nice and early. I'm not quite sure where I'm going to be going yet, the fullback or to the old Che Guevara pub or to this other pub with the brewery. But there's all sorts of pubs all over the place. But like I said to you, I'm Billy Grant and we've got Laney in the place. Good afternoon. All right, OK. So and it was good to chat to Robbie as well. You heard him a bit earlier on as I chatted to him. But anyway, as we say, I'm looking forward to going to Arsenal. We've got to go to the seven. As we say, come on, you bees. You bees. Let's beat this Arsenal team at Highbury or the Library or the Everett's or whatever it's called. You bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. 
Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.